For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. That's right, we made it to November. Sunday, November the 1st, we are recapping college football week number nine. I'm Gary. Oh, sorry. And I'm Chris. Yeah, you were, you were talking. I thought you were going to keep talking. I decided to uh, take a drink of my coffee. My here. apologies. That's all right. I forgive you. Hey, it is all good. It is all good. Listen, listen, when you when you have a weekend like I had, I just I'm in the mood to forgive everybody for everything. <laughs> I feel on top of the world for the first time all year. I didn't just make money. I printed cash. Yes, you did. It was unbelievable. I did not. I had some of the most egregious losses yeah. in the history Outside, of the world. Listen, I want to be clear on this. Oh. Outside of when we go head to head. I never want you to do bad. I want us to both do good. Agreed. You've always wanted us to both do good. We're not in competition with one another. It's us against the house. Yes. That's the way. That's the rule. I never get mad when I see another guy cashing a ticket. No, you've got that right. You We're have all got on that the same right. team here. So, yes, yesterday for me, not good. I, I felt like I was on the right side of three of the bets that I lost. And, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about those and whatnot. But uh, it, it's just, it, I, I should have known full moon. On Halloween, and it was the first blue moon since 2001 on Halloween. The first full moon since 1944. I I saw that damn moon last night. The moon Friday night was a hundred times bigger around my house than last night's moon. It wasn't as impressive. Friday night's moon was awesome. Was unbelievable, man. I felt like I could reach out and grab the bastard. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was a good night. It was a hey. Did you have a good Halloween? I, I, you know what? I really did. You know how? I, so I'm, I'm just a weird guy. I don't like other people's children. I barely like hang out with mine. Um, I, I just get a little weirded out by kids, and uh, and and I was around a lot of other people's kids. But I had a really good night. That's I, I had. The I same really thing. did. I actually. This is the first Halloween in a long time where I can say I had fun. I had the laptop set up and the iPad set up so that I could watch. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State, and I could watch Alabama, Mississippi State while we were outside. We had the projection screen set up, playing Nightmare Before Christmas for uh, for the kids. We had our bounce house out front. We had a fire going in the driveway. We had you know just a bunch of people coming by, trick or treating and whatnot. It was it was kind of normal in a way. It was it was kind of cool. So we we had yep. a good night. I I I felt good about the. Uh, about the the ceremony, I get not the ceremony, the, whatever you want to get, the holiday. I felt the good holiday, about the night. yeah, yeah. Sure. So it was it was good. 
Uh, my my two year old had a fantastic time, and uh, and I am still whooped, man. I mean, it just took uh, so much out of me yesterday. <laughs> so it was kind of a mess, but uh, but I got to watch football. Went back this morning, watched quite a bit before uh, before everybody got up. So I am I am prepared. I believe the issue that we have now is that there is so much to discuss. You know, we uh, we probably need to go ahead and get this thing rolling. Uh, go ahead. Before we do this, uh, let, let's do winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. Make sure you are subscribed to everything that you need to be subscribed to. If you're listening, that means you are subscribed to the podcast. So we definitely appreciate that. Make sure you leave a nice five-star review. We go live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays over at YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, and Twitch. So you can go and subscribe there, and that way you can be a part of the conversation. You can join the chat and all that good stuff. Uh, but those are also on the podcast as well. We do podcast exclusives here on Tuesdays. No, on Sundays and Thursdays. We go live with SBR Picks. That is Sportsbook Review, their YouTube page. We go live on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time for our full flagship show where we do our deep dives and give out our official picks for the week. And we do our closing line show on Saturday, which, by the way, if it were not for the closing line show and the team totals and all that stuff that I handed out yesterday... Uh, I'd have probably been dead ass broke yesterday. <laughs> it would have been bad news, man. Um, but yeah, it was. And make sure that you go over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF and you can get all you need to know about us from over there as well. So, Chris, let's go ahead and start this thing off. We will fire away with the, I guess, the biggest topic of the day, which ended up being one of the more interesting games, and that was Clemson 34, Boston College 28. And. You know, the, the score says one thing, but here's the, the other side of this. Clemson outscored Boston College uh, 21 to nothing in the second half just to be able to get that win. It was 28 to 13 at the half. It was 28 to 10 at one point in the first half. And Travis Etienne did his thing 20 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown. He had seven receptions for 140 yards and another touchdown. DJ uh, Uyunga Lele. I think I got it right. Okay. 30 out of 41, 342 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, kid looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. But that team, I don't think it's just Trevor Lawrence. I think that they got some problems over at Clemson. You kind of feel the same way? 100%. So tell me tell me your thoughts on this ball game because it, it quickly became the game that you had to be watching. You know, there's all Man. the feel-good stuff about uh, Tessator uh, calling his son's game. It, yep. You know who who was a holder for Boston College, and he ran up to the line and called the guys. Uh, he he did a hard count and got Clemson to jump off sides to give him a first down in a really pivotal great play. Spot. By the way, oh yeah, that's that's such a fantastic trick play. I I didn't actually see that coming. I thought they were going to fake it, and when I saw that's a hard count, and and it, and it worked, I thought, man, that is that is spectacular. Hey, I think because, Boston College they, nailed. Yeah, they were their so close. Guy. You don't care if if your guy jumps off sides or or you take the delay a game penalty like that five yards doesn't affect you and what you're going to do. Hey, I I think Boston College nailed their coaching hire. I think Jeff oh, Halfley is going to be no, no, a fantastic. No, no. We, coach. we talked about that. You know, I'm I'm a I, I, I was upset when the when the you know the coaching change happened, but this is a hundred percent the right call. Yes, I agree. So uh, the other big news that came out of this game was after it was over. Uh, Dabo came out and said that Trevor Lawrence will not be playing against Notre Dame next week, that symptoms and whatnot have made it yeah, where he's, he's still, not going to... still got symptoms. Yeah, he's not going to meet the protocol time for a return by next week. So it is going to be DJ Uyunglele. And I, 
you know, I think it's still going to be a fantastic ball game, but this definitely makes it a lot more even, I believe. Now, we'll see what the Lions look like when they come out later today, but, you know, that's that's going to be one hell of a ball game now, I believe. You kind of feel the same way? Uh, yeah. No, I think it's going to be a great game. Notre Dame is kind of rolling into form. Um, that They're improving in a, in a couple places. Uh, that defense, that defense looks really, really good. Yes. Yes, I mean, that's the thing. If, if one of the scores that they gave up yesterday was a, uh, a defensive touchdown, they just don't give up a lot of points, man. No, they do not. I mean, they're one of the stingiest defenses in the country, and if we're not talking about them as the the best defense in the country, we're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right about that. I mean, it's just it, it's crazy. Well, offensively, they're not Notre Dame that they've been the last couple of years, but, man, they are stingy as hell. And B.C. gave Clemson all they wanted that first half and, and even a little into the third quarter, okay, um, uh, about, you know, Clemson trying to score, and BC's defense ain't close to good. They're just yep. not – they're not even on a level that I would call a good defense. Well, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, kind of beat the mess out of this Boston College team, so. Yeah. You know. I, and we know you can't do circular reasoning. You can't say, well, you played them, and they played you, and, you know, you looked great, and so that's how it's going to end up. But I'm just telling you. This- oh, hey, I'm sorry. I got that confused. <laughs> My bad. I was thinking they've already played uh, Notre Dame. They haven't. Uh, they play Notre Dame here in just a few weeks. Boston College does. I was thinking about that Virginia Tech game, and Virginia Tech just beat the mess out of, uh, out of Boston College. So, yeah. my bad. My apologies. No, it's all right. No, it's fine. And once again, it doesn't matter. We're still talking about trying to make circular reasoning a thing, and, and you just can't do that. But this defense for Notre Dame is no joke. Clemson, they Etienne – Better be a hero in that game, or he, or they are not going to win that game. Yeah, I I agree. Now they they absolutely held Boston College to nothing rushing the football, but uh, but that hasn't been hard to do this year. So yeah, no, Boston College hasn't ran the ball on anybody. No, at Boston College they are a passing team. Uh, Phil Jerkovich had uh, he was twelve out of twenty four, two hundred four yards. That's eight point five yards per pass with two touchdowns, no picks. So it you know they did pretty good. They did a pretty good job and. I mean, it was a hell of a ball game. It was it was fun to watch. You know, you you saw some of the crazy plays, the uh, at the fumble at the goal line by Etienne that got returned ninety seven yards. I think was official. And yeah, that man. you know that felt like okay, like it, we we might have something going here. I thought that was the coffin. I thought it was too. I, I really did. Too. I thought, holy crap, they're going to pull this off. And instead, you know, well, and, and the reason why is it's not that I don't believe in Clemson. Clemson was having a hard time scoring. They were having a good time moving the ball. This is one of those situations where you can't look at yards per play and stats on yards because they moved the ball. They just couldn't score. Yeah. No, you're you're right about that. We've talked about that with several teams. And the floodgates opened at the end. Yes. Yes, it did. Clemson did what they needed to do to get to this game undefeated. Um and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and move on from there. I mean, it, it, we'll we'll talk a whole lot about Clemson Notre Dame this week going forward. Uh, moving into the next thing, let's discuss what happened to the Wolverines in Ann Arbor yesterday. Twenty-seven to twenty-four, Michigan State gets the win, and this was a massive, massive upset. Now there were a lot of people that were calling for Michigan State to cover the spread because the spread, you know, at one point so during good. the week got to twenty-five. I mean, it was just yep. insane, and. You knew that these teams always tend to play each other fairly close, and with as good as Michigan looked against Minnesota, you would think, okay, like this is what's going on here. Michigan State looked terrible against Rutgers, who hadn't had a win in the Big Ten 
since 2016. You know, this is this ain't good. This is not going to be good, right? And instead, Rocky Lombardi comes out 17 out of 32, 323 yards passing, three touchdowns. You know, they, they had 126 yards on the ground, but it was the passing game that absolutely ripped up Michigan. Ricky White for Michigan State, eight receptions, 196 yards, one touchdown. I mean, he was all over the place, just all Where over the place. Where was this guy last week, and what did Rutgers do to stop him? Well, it, I don't know that Rutgers really stopped him last week. Like, that's the thing. It's, it, Michigan State had seven turnovers against Rutgers. Five of them were fumbles, and almost every one of those possessions gave Rutgers a short field. So, it, it, the turnover luck thing is real because you can't count on turnovers one week to the next, but, man, like, <laughs> it's just, it's so weird to look at the And We know that it's a pandemic football season, and we get it. But, man, uh, to see a team that goes and loses to Rutgers in week one and then turns around and beats a top 15 Michigan team the next week, uh, it's not that Michigan was, you know, completely awful. I mean, they they couldn't get their running game going at all. Zach Charbonnet had five rushes for three yards. Uh, Joe Milton had 12 carries for 59 yards. Hassan Haskins, eight carries, 56 yards. They, like, they could not get the running game going. Joe Milton... 32 out of 51 passing, 300 yards. That's only 5.9 yards per pass. And, you know, that's not that's not great. Like, they, they were down to, this was not like a close last second kind of win. They were, they, Michigan State scored to go up 27 to 17 with several minutes left in the ball game. And, and Michigan had to score late just to make it a three-point game. Like, this was a, a weird, you know, it was close throughout. But it was close throughout, but uh, Michigan State trailed very little in this game. It was so strange to see this. Um, you now you had Michigan as a play. Yep. Give me give me your thoughts here because I know you were paying attention to this. No, I watched a lot of it. I was I, you know I finally turned it off when I realized this bet is impossible to cover, and I'm no longer interested in this game because I mean it was just kind of boring. Um, man, it was some of it was just disgust on how how bad this was going for me. Man, I, I don't, I don't really have an answer. I don't. Harbaugh does not have uh, a, a contract after this season. No. And do you think that that is done on purpose? Yep. Yep. I, I do. I, I think Harbaugh at this point might just be like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, yeah. He but looked. I don't think he he's looked trying. I don't think no. he's quitting trying because he he knows he needs another job after this. Oh yeah, and, I agree. Uh, but I, I and, think he looked so disgusted after that game yep. that I just I, I don't know. I don't know how much he's got left for, for the college game. I just, I, you know. Here's my issue is, is he's obviously, like, there's a problem with their offense. Like, I thought their offense was going to be fine and good last week, and I thought, all right, they got a quarterback, and they'll be okay. And you, you know who they look like, Gary? You know exactly who they look like? It looks like LSU under Les Miles. They look like they look like my LSU Tigers right fucking now. <laughs> We're going to talk about that when we get to the rapid fire because that was a bludgeoning. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind. Of, they they make the easiest yardage look difficult. Like that's that's what it is. They make scoring look so hard, and there's no easy. You know the modern offenses now, and and this is why I thought Josh Gaddis had it fixed last week. Is you you find the easy yards. Right, like you just we you just find didn't the realize space. how bad Minnesota was last week. Yeah, and I think I think we kind of got a clue on Friday night 
about that. But well, I mean, everybody thought that, and 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 I think that's why everybody started hitting Michigan State real hard. And I just thought, come on, man, both of these things can be true. Like Minnesota can yeah, be really bad, and Michigan can still be really good. Yeah, the transitive property does not always work, but it, you you kind of get a sense of it. And and we thought the same thing with Maryland, right? Like Northwestern Correct. completely shut down Maryland, and then Maryland trounces. Well, that didn't trounce, but they they were able to move the football almost at will against Minnesota. Yeah, they dropped a forty burger on them. Yeah, after and, putting up three points the week before. So yeah, that that changes things. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But yes, this this whole Michigan debacle. Um, at, at this point, you know, we I think everybody kind of thought, okay, it, they they could lose to Minnesota last week, and if they do that, all right, well, they'll get Michigan State, and then they'll probably get Indiana. But you've got Wisconsin. Penn State and Ohio State left. You still got Rutgers and Maryland tossed in there, but at this point they're like, going to have to find a way to stop a big time receiver. Uh, yeah, they they and got Indiana. Issues. Indiana's got got talent at the receiver position. I'm going to tell you, man, you just can't listen. The reason I compare them to LSU is LSU can't stop the run against anybody. I don't know that if you have a big athletic wide receiver, I don't I don't know that Michigan can stop that person. They don't have anybody in that secondary that can keep that person from getting open. He was wide open every throw. You don't even have to be a good quarterback. You just have to get it within 10 feet of the guy, not because he has a great catch radius. He's just that damn wide open. Well, Rashad Bateman in the, in the first game had nine receptions for 101 yards. Uh, yeah. You know, That's, I mean, it, that, but we kind of, but here's the problem is we kind of thought, oh, Rashad Bateman's NFL talent. So we, we gave that a little bit of a pass. Nobody was foreseeing Michigan State having a kid that's a, you know, a Sunday's kind of kid. Yeah. No, that's that's the that's biggest the difference thing. is, is I, I justified the the yardage to, to Bateman because he's going to play on Sundays. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's probably a first-round wide receiver talent. Well, what's, what's crazy, in the, in the first game, um, Ricky White had one reception for five yards, but Jaden Reed had 11 receptions for 128 yards against Rutgers. So, yeah. you know, it, they, they were able to throw the football. I mean, Rick, uh, Rocky uh, Lombardi was 31 out of 43, 319 yards with three touchdowns, but he had two picks against Ruggers. Um, yep. And then, of course, there were the five fumbles that they ended up losing that, that all ended up in short fields. But, you know, that, that was just an incredibly surprising uh, turn of events there. I just I didn't see that coming. And Michigan, I mean, they got a hard row to hoe, like at – like that, yeah. it's just going to be rough, man. It, this looks like a tough, tough schedule coming up. I'm, uh, I'm not looking forward to it for the Wolverines, but man, I, I don't know what. I the mean, end of this thankfully season. that Wisconsin game is probably going to get canceled. I mean, there's a possibility that Wisconsin cancels against Purdue, but I think that they're going to be back for the Michigan game. Now, man, it, I don't know, man. Even, even if they are back, twenty, somebody's going to change that twenty-one day policy. I uh, yeah, you might be they right got too about many, that. They got too many guys that have it that are out on the twenty-one day policy. Yeah. And if that's the case, I mean, Wisconsin's entire season may be in trouble if they end up with that. So, well, who no, knows? Not the whole season. They're just going to miss like three or four games. Yeah, but if they so end they're up. They're going to play four games or if, they're going to play five games. So if that's they continue it. passing it back and forth to each other, because like this weekend, so on Sunday of last week, they ended up, I guess it was Monday that they announced that they had six players out, right? Six players that tested positive. Well, right now, inside of that uh, that department, inside the football program, there are 22 guys that have it. And so in a week, it has gone from six players up to, what is it now, 14 or 15 players? I mean, it's kind of nuts. And if, if that's the case, if they just keep passing it around to each other, like, that's going to be a problem. 
So yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, but yeah, the twenty one day policy that's uh that's kind of an issue. Kind of an issue. Well, this is why we both were under the statement that don't wait to start the season. Start it early because you need to build in as much flexibility as you can. And by saying we're going to wait and and you know have no flexibility. You just kill yourself. You kill any chance of being able to actually have a season or do anything productive. Yeah, no, you're uh, you're right about that. You are right about that. Let's move into Ohio State and Penn State here. Ohio State gets the win, thirty-eight to twenty-five. Our under team total of uh, twenty-seven for Penn State ends up hitting, uh, yep. and that's even with them scoring twelve points in the fourth quarter. Thank goodness they did not get that, uh, Dude, that two-point man, conversion. Those catches at the end of the game uh, in the Johnson. fourth quarter in like the last five minutes, Penn State offense all of a sudden, I, I don't know if it's lucky or good and they were just making plays finally. They didn't make plays the whole game. And then all of a sudden at the end of the damn game, they were making catches that you don't see on Sundays. They, I, I don't believe it was luck because these guys are incredibly talented. No, they're all, they're all really talented. My question is, is how in the hell are you not making plays like that the whole game? Because they want to run the football, but Penn State uh, could not run the football. Like they that, just could so not run is, it. This like, is where coaching pisses me off. Then, okay, you have something that works, but it's not what you want to do, and so you do something that does not work on a regular basis just because it's you know. Well, this is the we want this identity, so we're going to just keep pounding our head up against the wall. Well, I I think a lot of it has to do with you know where the score ended up, right? So the score uh, at one point in this game, uh, let's see, let me look. It was uh, thirty-one to thirteen at the end of the third quarter. So in the fourth quarter is when they started throwing the ball like crazy, trying to get back in this game. You know, when it's still twenty-one to thirteen, you're still trying to stay balanced. When it's twenty-eight to thirteen, you're like, okay, well. You know, we're still only two touchdowns down, but then they kick a field goal going into the fourth quarter, and it's 31-13, to 13, and you're like, okay, well, now we're down three scores. So we got to figure something out. And with, you know, with that, they were able to run it right, not run it, but pass it right down the field, and they scored with like, so, so Ohio State kicked a field goal with a minute two left in the third quarter. Then you get into the fourth quarter, and uh, Penn State scored on five plays, 75 yards in a minute 32 to make it 31 to 19. Yep. Well, then Ohio State just takes the ball right back down the field, 12 plays, 75 yards, five minutes, 16 seconds to make it 38 to 19. And Penn State does the same thing on the next drive, seven plays, 75 yards, two minutes and 47 seconds, throwing the Quick. football. Yep. Quick. Like, it, like, if you can do that, and I think that's that's what has separated some of these modern offenses. Like, Alabama, they they still worry about having a balanced attack. But if they understand, hey, we know something that's working, we're just going to throw it. Like, just they would it. rather get the lead and and go score quick and figure it out on defense as opposed to, and there's a lot, Ohio State does the same thing. I mean, their first drive of the game, three plays, 75 yards, a minute 17. The next drive, five plays, 45 yards, two minutes and 42 seconds. They're up 14 to nothing. Like, this is this is what you have to do. And so yeah. you find the things that work, and you do them, and you don't worry about being balanced. You don't worry about taking time off the clock. You don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. You go out and you score points. 
you don't worry about those things until you have a lead. And then you can try to impose your will on somebody. Yes. But if you don't have a lead, then then trying to force your hand doesn't help you. And that's what's so frustrating is so many of these teams just feel like we want to have this identity. You know when it's a great so I get it because I like running the football and there's nothing more like dominating than just pounding the rock down someone's throat against their will, but, but get a lead and then, and then kill the game by doing that. Take yeah. their soul by doing that. But, but trying to do that when you're down or it's even, or, you know, whatever, you're just giving them more opportunities because you're spending a lot of time punting and not getting up yards your defense is on the field all the time and now the game just gets flipped on you and now you're behind and now you're playing catch up. And it's just, I, I understand wanting to have an identity of, we want to run the ball. We want to control the game. We want to do at some point in time, you need to figure out what you're good at first or what the other team's bad at. And I think Ohio state's got a whole lot of Alabama in them. Oh yeah. I, I think you can score on them. Okay. If you're a good offense, I think you can score on them. Oh yes, and, Absolutely. Now, and, ru- and, running the football, like, I'll tell you this. Penn State had 27 carries for 44 yards. That's 1.6 yeah. per carry. Yeah, that's and bad. had zero touchdowns. That's so, bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not good. It, Ohio State shut down their rushing attack. But you can score on them by passing the football. And you can do – if you are a good offense and you have playmakers, you can score on anybody. It doesn't yes. matter who the team is now. Like, the that's, way that – the way well, these offenses are built, okay, like yeah, you're gonna if you have playmakers, if you have a good offensive scheme, you will be able to score on any defense that is out there in today's football. You agree? You're kind of looking like you're not. I think there are some defenses out there that that aren't giving up points. Do you know of any in college football right now? Well, yeah, I think Notre Dame's one of those. Mm. I, I, so nobody scored on them yet. <sighs> Hold on, let me let me pull up Notre Dame. I, I want to see this. I want to see what they what they look like. You might they, be right, but I, bet, I, I don't. I bet they've given up more defensive scores than they've given up offensive touchdowns, or maybe uh, not. But it's close. Okay, okay. Let's let's uh, let's take a look at at old Notre Dame with their fighting Irish asses. Uh, twenty seven to thirteen over Duke, fifty two to nothing over South Florida, forty two to twenty six against Florida State, twelve to seven on Louisville, forty five to three on Pitt, and thirty one to thirteen on Georgia Tech. They have not. I mean, they they shut down Louisville. Uh, but there's been several teams that have shut down Louisville. Uh, Florida State put up 26 on them, but I mean that was a that was a weird ass game anyway. I mean they hadn't played anybody good yet. Like look, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Louisville, Florida State, uh, South Florida, and Duke. I mean they <laughs> there's not there's not a lot of wins from the opponents in in that bunch there. I mean Pittsburgh's all right, but but Pitt was without their starting quarterback, and you know and I understand. Having guys out, I know that's not an excuse, but you know that pit offense without Kenny Pickett back there is pretty dreadful. So, you know, Louisville would be the best uh, the best bet there, but yeah, Louisville could not score on them. And maybe you're right. I mean, we'll see. Like even still, they they get to play uh, Clemson without their uh, without their QB. So we, we'll see. I mean, Notre Dame still has Clemson, Boston College, North Carolina, and then they got Syracuse, and they close at Wake. So they they got four of those five teams have got offenses that can absolutely put up points, and and we'll see what happens. So I'm I'm curious, but I, so far I don't know that they've been super tested. Um, 
But it, it, that may be the only one that you can name, I think. I mean, I just, I, I think in... in the, I thought LSU could score on anybody, okay? And Vanderbilt's outscored us by 10 points today, or yesterday. Uh, Yeah, but Vandy was playing Ole Miss's defense. All right, we were like, playing Auburn's defense, which haven't done shit all year. Agreed. They haven't stopped anybody. And they held us to 11 points, Gary. I'm I'm saying in a... In a one-game setting, yes, you can you can stop somebody, and I think LSU's problem was a lot to do with uh, with their own issues and not not as much Auburn, uh, because Auburn like once they got a lead, like it took LSU completely out of the game plan. I mean, it was just it, it, that was such a bludgeoning. Oh my god! And so anyway, Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, yes, it is. It's mind blowing to think that Penn State is this, now. 0 this game 2. was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, now, I didn't it's still think covered. Penn State could hang with them at all. It's no, still, still covered. Got the cover, but it, it, it never was really in danger of got, not getting the cover. I mean, it took two unanswered miracle touchdowns. That I say miracle, they were hellaciously good plays. Yes. To for for Penn State to to keep it as close as they got it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they scored two unanswered touchdowns at the very end of the game that that were unbelievable just to keep it to just to get the game to thirteen. Penn State is looking forward to the next few weeks because they now have Maryland at Nebraska and yep. Iowa coming up before they play at Michigan. Then they've got at Rutgers and Michigan State. So the schedule lightens up for them. Ohio State has got Rutgers at Maryland, Indiana at Illinois, at Michigan State, and then Michigan. So this, yeah, no, this looks, nobody's going to test them the whole year. Yeah, this I mean, this looks clear. We, we've talked about this. They are they are playing Alabama and Clemson right now, and that's it. Yep, you have got that right. All right, let's move over to the Big 12, and good gracious, uh, what a debacle this game was. I don't know if you watched it. I was, uh, I had it in my earpiece, listening to it the entire time that I was setting up uh, our, our projection system and all that kind of mess outside yesterday, and I could not believe the fact that this game was close. I, I could not believe it. This, in, in all meaning of the word, was domination by Oklahoma State, and and the score was not. Texas gets the win, 41-34. to This pretty much knocks, I, I would say that this knocks the Big 12 out of playoff talk, but, I mean, this is a weird year, and I don't know who the hell is going to be there at the end. But, man, uh, Oklahoma State had just a ridiculous yardage in this game. I mean, it was... They they had uh, 530 yards of total offense, and Texas had what two? Let's see, I got it right here. Uh, Texas had 287 yards of total offense in this game. Oklahoma State moved the ball at will. Uh, passing yards, Oklahoma State had 400. They were 27 out of 40 passing for 400 yards. They had three touchdowns passing with one interception. They this was just sorry. It was four touchdowns passing. I mean it's just. They had more rushing yardage. Um, they they had less penalties than Texas, and they had five turnovers in the game. That is the ultimate equalizer, and I just I cannot believe I can't believe Texas defense took the ball away. Uh, I don't know that they took the ball away so much as like Spencer Sanders had just the I <laughs> it was four fumbles and one pick. But man, it just it, this is the turnover luck thing, right? Like this yeah. is this is Rutgers against uh, Michigan State. Like I, I still yeah, think probably. Michigan State's probably a little bit better, but I 
I'm I'm a little speechless at this. I just I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Sam Ellinger, you know, 18 out of 34, 169 yards, three touchdowns. He did everything that he had to do. Texas was two of 15 on third downs. Two of 15. You know, and not that Oklahoma State was a lot better. They were three out of 12. But it, you look at first downs. Texas had 18 first downs. Oklahoma State had 35. 35. I just, Texas had 142 penalty yards. 13 penalties for 142. Oklahoma State had 8 for 70. Uh, I mean, the box score makes no sense. Makes no sense. I mean, I was listening to the game, and Oklahoma State could do whatever they wanted to. And then they just gave the ball away. I mean, it, at the at the most inopportune times, and this is one of those games that I that I had money on, and you can bet I ain't going back to Oklahoma State again. Because <laughs> this they did the same damn thing last week against Iowa State, and... And it cost me a cover by half a point. And this one, I had Oklahoma State minus three and a half, and they lose in overtime. And I just, I don't even know how how, do, how did we explain this? How did like? Well, I mean, it's just turn. You said it. It's just turnovers. You turn the ball over in this game. You turn the ball over. You're going to lose. It's just unbelievable. You just, it's just too hard to give another team, especially a quarterback like Sam Ellinger. You can't give him five extra possessions. You you just can't do it. It's not all. It's just simply not allowed. Texas now has the uh, the lowest odds to win the national championship in the Big Twelve. Uh, they are plus eight thousand. So along right beside them is Miami, Florida. Uh, then you've got USC, Texas A and M, Oregon, Cincinnati, all at plus sixty six hundred. Uh, then you've got Wisconsin and BYU at plus five thousand. You got Florida at plus twenty eight hundred. You got Notre Dame at plus twenty five hundred. Georgia at plus eighteen hundred, and then you've got Clemson plus two twenty five, and then Ohio State and Alabama at plus two hundred each. So, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Like I, I, I don't think like Texas has got some some tough games coming up. Uh, they've already played Oklahoma. They've already played Oklahoma State. Uh, they've lost to TCU already. They beat Baylor. Now Oklahoma's got West Virginia, Kansas, Iowa State, and Kansas State coming up and and they could conceivably win all those although I don't foresee it because they are still incredibly mistake prone but they did not turn the football over yesterday like one turnover from them probably would have lost the game true and so Sam played a good game though I mean, no Sam he was, absolutely I, did. I told you I thought he was going to be the best player on the field all day and he was yeah he was the best player on the field yeah he was he 169 yards passing um you know Running the football like he was, he was all right. Uh, he he wasn't, he wasn't great. Uh, well, no, but he didn't have to be know. great. That's the thing. Yeah, uh, John Robinson, thirteen carries, fifty nine yards for Texas. Uh, Roshan Johnson, nine carries, forty nine yards. Uh, Texas ran the ball forty times for one hundred and eighteen yards. That's three yards per carry. They had one touchdown from Keontae Ingram, who uh, who only carried the ball two times. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was nuts. I mean, it was just a, a crazy-ass game, and, I mean, I, I think we should expect that from the Big 12. I mean, they're just going to cannibalize each other. I think so, too. So I think it, that's what's going to I think Texas doesn't get out with at least one more loss. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Good gracious. All right, so let's, uh, for our fifth topic here, before we kind of round-robin, you know, rapid-fire this thing, who is the fourth playoff team at this point? Like, I, I, it, that's assuming that it's either Clemson or Notre Dame and yep. then Alabama-Ohio State, right? So yes. that's three. So, so at this well, point, who is who is our fourth? I mean, so the hundred percent, the answer is if Notre Dame somehow beats Clemson 
and and let's say they beat them twice. I I I think Notre Dame is three. I I think a two loss Clemson team with two losses to Notre Dame, there's a really good chance they're going to let them in just on on blood status and namesake alone. It, it, you might be right about that. I, I don't agree with that, by the way, because their quality of wins would be pretty horrible. Let's uh, let's go through the undefeateds, all right? So we got Clemson at 7-0, and and then Alabama and, and Notre Dame are both 6-0. Um, we've got BYU sitting at 7-0. and We've got Marshall, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, and Liberty all at 6-0. Uh, don't, don't believe any of those are going to be getting in there. But I mean, I the, only options, the only options for a G5 school, for our, a non-Power 5 school, would be BYU or Cincinnati. I agree. Those I think those are the dominant. only two that are getting close, and and we live in a world where this is this this stuff is put on by the blue bloods, and those other schools are just there for them to feast on when they need to win, and 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 they just are not ever going to be given respect, and so there's just no way you're not letting, um, you know, Notre Dame or Clemson in because of that. Yeah. I, you you might be right about that, and I don't think there's a second SEC team. You know, I told you I was worried about that Georgia Kentucky game Tuesday, and and I you know I don't I'm just not impressed with Georgia, and I think the rest of the country is tired of the SEC talking about Georgia being the second best team in the SEC. While while they probably are right now today, um, I I don't know that they are long term. And if if you're we're, we're looking at this honestly, I know they already have a loss. But but I think Florida's head and shoulders better than Georgia right now. Um, I agree. I I, I really you know all, I, I all season it, long. And I don't think it's close. By the way, like I I really don't. I the only way Florida looks bad against Georgia is is if is if just craziness happens in that game and and or a bunch of guys are suspended or you know some weird shit like that. Yeah, I mean it. it We'll we'll see what happens. Florida only had uh, two guys suspended for that brawl yesterday, and we'll we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But you know, this is so so. Let let's stay on these undefeated teams. But uh, I haven't talked about the the two and O teams or anything like that. Ohio State's two and O, Northwestern, Indiana, uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, Boise is two and O. You know, San Diego State two and O. Like we we got we got some more undefeated teams, but I, I think. Before we no, start nobody, really but talking. they're not going to be undefeated when it's all said and done. Ohio State's yeah. going to beat every one of those teams. Yeah, all, all, because all those if you're, Big if Ten you're undefeated going into that Ohio State Big Ten championship, you're not going to be undefeated when it's over. Yeah, and Boise and San Diego State, like Boise plays BYU this week, and that is going to be massive. It's going to be a big game. God, I can't wait for that game, but I, mean, I think Boise ain't close to what BYU's doing right now. Well, Boise, so- I might be wrong about that. So, okay. Hank Bachmeyer had to, like, he was out for this game against the Air Force, and they still won by 19. Um, but, that, but their defense gave up a ton That's of fine. BYU scores on every possession, and they score touchdowns on every possession. Yeah, it really does feel like And that. it doesn't matter the opponent. Yeah. Not that they're playing great defenses or anybody world beaters, but nobody's got a great defense. You, you talked about that early. Yeah. I don't. I don't see anybody. I, I kind of would love to see Alabama play BYU right now. I would oh, love same. to see Ohio State play BYU right now. Same here. I, I think it would be fascinating to see. I mean, that. I'll tell you this. I would. I, that's who I would let in as that fourth team against any of those guys. I just think Notre Dame and Clemson are too big. And to be honest, I think that 
if Trevor Lawrence, because there was a world in which Dabo came out, you know, and said Thursday night when Lawrence, you know, tested positive that, you know, he thought Trevor Lawrence had played his last game. Like he's just going to opt out and go to the NFL after this. Um, that, that, th- that possibility is there. If Notre Dame goes one and one against Clemson, they're both getting in. And this is a moot point. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, I'd much rather see. And, and you're talking to a guy that loves Notre Dame right now. I, I just like watching this team. I like kind of old school defense and I'm shocked that I'm getting it. I, I, I'd rather see boys. I mean, at BYU, I just, I just would. I think I actually think BYU is better. Well, here we, we have a, we have a possibility. Okay. Uh, of being able to see something at least close to this, at least in the New Year's Six, because BYU has only got three games left, right? They play at Boise this Friday. Then they've got a week off, and they host North Alabama. So they're going to handle North Alabama on, on November 21st. Then they don't play again until December 12th against San Diego State. So they would be 10-0 and with wins over, you know, one ranked team, and they have not made up the Army game. So that, like, maybe they'll get that one scheduled. I don't know. Uh, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, the Army's not going to be ranked, and Army hasn't looked good, so. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a chance. When, when Army was ranked number 22 in the country is when they were supposed to play them, and they had to postpone yep. the game. So that, that didn't do that's, that's, any, That hurt them. Yeah, that didn't do them any favors. Uh, Houston, you know, Houston getting beat up by Central Florida yesterday did not help. You know, nope. there's there's just not a lot of meat on this schedule. They need Boise to end up being good, and they need to be able to beat them, you know, fairly soundly. Yep. And they need to have the same thing with San Diego State. No, they you know. need they need they need Boise. They need to beat Boise and San Diego State, like you said. And hope those and guys. And they win need out. those teams to win out. Well, here's, they need them to beat each other in a championship game, and that's it. Here's what San Diego State has. Uh, so they they beat UNLV thirty four to six. They beat Utah State thirty eight to seven. Now they've got San Jose State. They play Hawaii. They play at Nevada, at Fresno, Colorado State, and then they play at BYU. So it is not out of the realm of possibilities that San Diego State could get through that slate with maybe one loss or maybe even undefeated. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, that's this, this is interesting stuff. Hey, by the way, fun, fun game coming up this week. Liberty at Virginia Tech. That's yes. going to be fun. Holy cow. I can't wait to see that line. I think there's a world in which Liberty is favored in that game. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't? No, no, no. Especially no, no, no. not with BYU kind of kicking the crap out of Louisville, right? Yeah, I... I, I think I think Virginia Tech will be favored fairly significantly. I'm hoping it's two touchdowns so that I can take liberty. But well, yeah, you're hoping for that. I, but I'm telling you, it would not surprise me if if Liberty's or if it's a really short line. Let's see. I'll I'll go ahead and tell you right now. I uh, projected point spread is Virginia Tech minus seven and a half. That's okay. That's a touchdown is the most I could see this being. Yeah, I could see that. You're, oh, you're and, looking and, for two touchdowns. You're not getting that. So the other side of this, uh, Liberty. You know they are they are currently six and zero, and they had the week off. They're playing Virginia Tech this week. If they beat Virginia Tech, they've got Western Carolina, at NC State, UMass, and and then 
you get to close the season on December 5th at Coastal Carolina. Oh, my gosh. That's juicy. <laughs> that's so juicy. Coastal, man, they looked fantastic yesterday. Just Coastal looks amazing. That Liberty Coastal game, is that, that needs to be primetime television. Uh, yes, I agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm sure it, like if those teams are still rolling by that point, I guarantee it will be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, just ridiculous stuff. Let's kind of, let's kind of do a little rapid fire here and get through what, uh, what went on. We'll go conference by conference. Okay. Let's start with the SEC and it it will. Okay. How about this? Alabama beat Mississippi state 41 to nothing. It was a a bloodbath. It wasn't even close. It's not what we're talking about. Georgia and Kentucky. I actually do. I know you want to go fast. Okay. Am I, am I, are all my hopes and dreams about Mike Leach coming to the SEC just dead? I mean, is the air raid no, just a no, it's that, gonna take that can only work. It's elsewhere. gonna take two years. It will take. He has to completely redo this roster. I told okay. you that before the season started. Yeah, but like, I didn't believe it. I, I know, and that's okay. But it, it, go and look at at Washington State. It took two years, and then in his third season, he started rolling. And mm-hmm. same thing at Texas Tech. I mean, so, just getting shut out, and not. I mean, outside of when they beat the hell out of LSU, and then they haven't scored again. Well, that, we'll we'll talk about LSU here in a minute because that that I think that's more of an LSU thing than Mississippi State was good, right? Well, I know that. But, we well, we that's definitive now, Gary. We know that now. The problem is is not being able to score at all on anybody. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a little bit troubling, but I mean, dude, Kylan Hill decided to opt out. They had like several receivers that decided that they don't want to play anymore. They don't have an offensive line that is built to be able to pass block. And their quarterbacks are a a true freshman that is not incredibly patient, and a you know a graduate transfer quarterback from Stanford who has never played defenses like this, and blows. Yeah, I mean he's just he's not a great quarterback, you know. So it I think it's just going to take a little time because this was a run first team that you are now trying to get them to play finesse, and it's just it it doesn't work, but it will. Like Mike Leach will end up being fine and. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you had to know, hey, this is going to take a little bit, and you're going to have to take some some beatings for a couple of years, and then you'll be fine. Okay. So they'll all they'll right. end up That's being all, fine. I'm sorry, I know we wanted to go fast, but no, no, it's it's fine. That's that totally we're talking about. Not scoring nothing against a defense that hasn't looked good at all all year was well. It, okay, so Alabama over the last few weeks has gotten significantly better. Like against Ole Miss, it was just it was preposterous, right? It started in the second half of the Georgia game because they completely shut out Georgia, and everybody chalked that up to uh, Georgia's not all that great. Well, Tennessee, they would say, uh, all, not all that great. Well, I mean, you can say the same thing about Mississippi State, but Alabama is getting right at the right time. Like, their, their defense is figuring things out. Um, if, you, if you just look at basic team stats, Mississippi State had 200 total yards, and Alabama had 500. I mean, it was just it was a, a bloodbath yesterday. <laughs> like, there was, there was nothing else to say about it. So... Okay. You know, it, it is what it is. Like, Alabama got up early and got up big, and State couldn't run the football. They couldn't do anything. So, and that, not that they even really tried to run the football, but, you know, it was just, it was it was not their day. It was not their day. And it's going to take a couple of years, like I said, to rebuild that, that roster. So, uh, moving down the list, Georgia. Uh, this kind of moves in line with that Mississippi State thing. I thought that when Kirby Smart hired uh, Todd Munkin, that he was going to turn over his offense and let Munkin call the plays and let Munkin handle, you know, the way that he wants to do this. Now, I understand they are on their fourth-string quarterback, but JT Daniels has been cleared. And 
I cannot believe that they are just tossing Dewan Mathis out, like not even giving him an opportunity here because Stetson Bennett, 9 out of 13, 131 yards, two picks. I mean, not that he had to do a whole lot in this game anyway, but this was just awful football to watch. I mean, like this game was... I've been saying it for five years, and and, and I'm going to keep saying it. Kirby Smart's not a good coach. It's, it is incredible to me. He is a hell of a recruiter, and people equate that with coaching. He's he's awful. He's an idiot. <laughs> he's a moron. Like at 14 he's just points, a moron. Like I, and I understand, Kentucky has got a good defense. Yes, they've got a good defense. But, man, like, are you telling me that any of these national championship contenders are not going to score, you know, at least three touchdowns on this team? I mean, it just, it makes zero sense at all. You know, two turnovers for uh, for Georgia to one for Kentucky. Um, Georgia had 346 total yards, 229. They had 131 yards passing, 215 yards rushing. Georgia averaged five yards per rush on 43 attempts. I, I mean, like I'll tell you this, they played discipline. Only had two penalties for 19 yards. So, I mean, that's, oh, that's something. good. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, they got the win, but it like if you can't score, you cannot beat teams like Florida. They got the like, win against a backup quarterback on the worst offense in the SEC. Yes. Congratulations. And now you get Vanderbilt to play Florida. is a better offense than Kentucky. Definitively a better offense than Kentucky. I, I mean, I think it'd be pretty close, but you no, know. <laughs> no, no. Vanderbilt's <laughs> offense made plays yesterday that are far superior than what uh, Kentucky is capable of making. Man, you might be right, but it, 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 Kentucky... That doesn't up, mean they're good. That doesn't mean they're good. Let, let's use transitive property, though. Let, let's try that out, because Kentucky scored 41 points on Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt most certainly did not. So, like, Kentucky against that same okay, Ole Miss with offense... Their, with their starting quarterback, okay. I mean, we, how about this? We've both seen... We have both seen this LSU defense... And everybody not named Vanderbilt was able to score on them. Vanderbilt put up seven points on that team. So, I, did, I don't think Vanderbilt's very good. And not to say that Kentucky is good, but, you know, but I'm not going to... going up against a backup quarterback on an offense that's already not good. It's not like you just took out, like, the, the future Heisman Trophy winner, and now, well, yeah, nobody can score on them because they're backup quarterbacks in there. Like, you went from a shit quarterback already, maybe the worst quarterback in the SEC... Maybe not. Maybe the the 13th best quarterback in the SEC if Vanderbilt's worse than him. And then you just went to his backup. Yeah. I mean, that's. A, I think there is a world in which Joey Gatewood is actually a better quarterback than Terry Wilson. But, you know, either way, either way. Uh, so, Georgia wins 14-3, to and they they got to play Florida next week, and you've got to find a way to generate points. Because you're, you're not going to stop. I think Florida's going to beat their ass. I, I can't wait to see what that line looks like. I mean, you you might be right about that. Now, the problem the problem is, is we just saw Georgia struggle and Florida look really good. And then the problem is, is now that line's going to be skewed Florida's way and I'm going to get no benefit. I, I needed Georgia to beat the hell out of Kentucky to give me a little bit of juice in A little this bit game. of value, right? Yeah. Because uh, the value's gone. The, yeah. no, the value won't even be a thing if you like Georgia or if you like Florida. Uh, Florida wins forty-one to seventeen over Missouri. The most interesting thing that came out of this was the, uh, the the brawl at the half. I mean, just ridiculous. And Dan Mullen is probably going to get all kinds of fines for this. Uh, he is the one that kind of started 
this whole thing. Now, it, he didn't start it, but he went after a referee because of a late hit. And, yes, it was absolutely a late hit. It was a dirty he, hit. He incited it, his team. Yes, he incited it. And, and then, on top of that, he was walking into the locker room, and he comes back out to rile up the fans a little more. And it, it, he, looked, he looked like a WWE wrestler, man. Like, it was crazy. Now, I love Dan to death. I, I, I love what he did after the game. He came into his, uh, his post-game uh, Zoom conference or whatever, dressed up as Darth Vader. Did you see that? I saw it. <laughs> like, he's, he's a lot of fun, but he's, he's getting a little cocky. He's, he's getting a little bit cocky, and I don't know if I like that or don't heading into the Georgia game. But I'll tell you this, Georgia will have to score points because Florida, even missing practice time, even missing dudes, they put up 41 on Missouri and then held that Missouri offense that had kind of been looking a lot better here lately. I mean, held them to nothing. I mean, they they'd scored seven points through this three quarters. Is the best, this is the best Florida's defense has looked all year, man. Yeah, it really did. It really did look good. Uh, moving on from there, Arkansas and Texas A&M, this absolutely broke my heart. It gave you a win. But it gave me a loss, and I was on the right side, and it just no, didn't weren't. go my way. It no, just you didn't. weren't. Texas A&M was up forty-two to seventeen. Okay. In this ball game. Okay. And how many minutes you play, Gary? I understand that. I'm okay. with you, but it, it, this was garbage time points that that ended up costing me a cover here. Yes, I mean, just, but Texas A&M's defense is not good. So why do you think that they're going to stop people at the end of the game when you have to get stops to cover? Backdoor covers are going to happen on them all year long. They're a good team to take when they're a dog, but when they're a big favorite, you can't take them because any team can score on them during any part of the 60 minutes, much less when they have a three-score lead. They're not going to hang on to that three-score lead. Yeah, They're going to let you eat clock and score points. I mean, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. That, that last touchdown that ended up getting the cover for Arkansas uh, did not come until 36 seconds left in the ballgame, and that was, right. uh, that was a little bit infuriating. But uh, Kellen Mond, I mean, he he is looking pretty damn good right now. 21 out of 26 passing, 260 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, this was about what we expected, I think. Hey, Texas let me ask you was rolling. A, a question, and then we okay. can go on. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, you think Kellen Mond comes back next year? No. Where do you think he goes? You just think he graduates? Because he's not an NFL quarterback. No, I think he's absolutely an NFL quarterback. You're thinking, okay, I did not think that. Okay. Yes, I I think that he is he is a developmental guy. Like he'll be a late round pick, but I, I don't. Yeah, but I don't why think wouldn't you just come back and take a shot at breaking every college football record ever known to man, offensively? And well, then and he, you got a better shot at going it higher the next the next year if you do that. You're more developed. You're more mature. You know. Okay, I mean, I, there is there is an argument to be made for that. Um, I had not I put mean, a whole well, lot of Would you rather be this. a sixth round pick or would you rather come back to A&M and if you put up another just, just insane year, can you be that flash in the pan that Joe Burrow was and, you know, win a Heisman and take your team to a national championship and get to a third round pick or hell first overall, if you know, weird shit happened. I guess. It, I, I, okay. I can see where you're coming from. I mean, may, maybe you come back. Because I just don't think I don't I don't think he's going to be a top five or six round pick, like without doing that. I think he's going to be a very late round guy if he comes back at all. If he comes, I mean, if he goes into the draft, if he gets drafted at all. I mean, you might be right, and that's why I think why not just take your shot? Why not just come back? 
you got the extra year of eligibility thanks to the Rona and and just see what you can do. Can you do something special? Now, okay. unless okay. you're Jimbo and you've got recruited a, a guy that you think is definitively better than him and you just need to move on. I doubt that he had. I, I don't. I don't think he's got that. Guy. Yeah, I don't think that guy's on the roster. But I don't. I don't follow recruiting the way you do, and you know, so I don't know. I I don't think that guy's on the roster yet. So, uh, so I mean, it's possible. Ole Miss uh, beats Vanderbilt fifty-four to twenty-one. Not a lot to discuss there, but Matt Corral got right. Good graces, thirty-one out of thirty-four, four hundred twelve yards, six touchdowns, and Jerion Ely had fifteen carries, ninety-five yards. Uh, Elijah Moore receiving. Good gracious. 14 receptions, 238 yards, three touchdowns. Ole Miss could do whatever they wanted. They didn't even score in the fourth quarter. Like, Just what the doctor ordered. You got it. You got that right. And, uh, hey, Mississippi State, looking at the Vanderbilt game, kind of licking their chops a little bit, right? Yeah, that's definitely what the doctor ordered. All right, so to get out of the SEC, let's talk about your boys right quick. 48-11, to 11, Auburn beats LSU and beat them like a drum. I mean, this was just bloodbath central. It was 0-0 in the first quarter. And... Even then, you could kind of sense, like, man, this thing is not going right. This thing ain't well, going well. It was zero zero, and then when it was fourteen nothing, it was it was two defensive scores back to back. Yeah, it was it was mistakes. Yeah, it was just mistakes. Which both of those getting down fourteen to nothing got LSU completely out of their game plan. Yep, and and it messed up the whole game. But the idea that our offense could not score on them at any point in time in the game when it's 0-0, when it's 7-0, when, I mean, we we were punting. We couldn't – I that shocked me. I thought we'd be able to score on anybody in the SEC because none of these defenses look any good, and uh, we can't. We cannot. It, uh, it, it was troubling to see. You know, T.J. Finley, two interceptions, uh, 13 out of 24 passing, 143 yards. That, that was not good. Max Johnson comes in, 15 out of 24. 172 yards, one touchdown. Um, could not run the football at all. Nope. 20, 27 nope. carries for 32 yards. 27 carries for 32 yards, Gary. It was bad. I mean, it was just it. John Emery had nine carries for 21 yards. Chris Curry had three carries for eight yards. And, and how did, how did Auburn's defense move the ball? How they moved the ball, Gary? Did you watch any of this game? Yeah, I watched it. Because I had uh, a bet on LSU, so of course uh, they had forty-four carries for two hundred six yards rushing. And if you look at all those rushing yards, every one of them were around the edge. They ran more jet sweeps. If you look at who was running the football, half those runs were uh, a quarterback sweep, or they were jet sweeps to wide receivers. Eli Stove had three carries for twenty-one yards. Um, so that's, you know, one wide receiver. Anthony Schwartz had one carry for one yard. Uh, Bo Nix, 11 carries for 81 yards, and that's never good when your quarterback is the leading rusher on a team that has yep. Tank Bigsby. Uh, 15 carries for 71 yards and two touchdowns for Tank. Bo Nix, though, had 18 passes uh, completed out of 24 for 300 yards and three touchdowns. The running yep. game opened up all the sorts pass. of avenues. That's it. That's it. When, when they were running the football on us. They scored... Uh, three, three touch, two defensive touchdowns and one rushing touchdown, and then we just sold out to stop the run. And then he just the 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 entire second half of the football game, we we were trying to stop the run, and they were able to throw it on us all day long. Yes, Anthony Schwartz had four receptions for 123 yards, the longest of which was that 91 yarder along the sideline. Yep, uh, where he just basically outran everybody. 
Eli Stowe, five receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Seth Williams, four receptions, 71 yards. I mean, it only took 18 receptions to get 300 yards. I mean, it's just just ridiculous. So, uh, this was not what you would hope for, and this LSU defense is a disaster. Just a complete disaster. Do you think they're saving this? Do you think that they, oh, this team is just young and this, that, and other? Or do you think this is a Pelini problem and he, the game has just passed him by? This is, they're, they're going to chalk it up as being young, but this is well, absolutely. I know what they're chalking them up as. I'm just yeah. telling you, I'm asking you, what what is it for real? I think this is a Pelini problem. Okay. I think it's a big time problem. And here's the issue that LSU runs into. They are paying him $2.3 million a year. Oh yeah, and it I is know, a, I know that. a fully guaranteed three-year contract. Yeah. So if they fire him today, there is no buyout. The buyout is the entire contract. Well, yeah. So that's that's a little bit uh, disconcerting, but I I don't know what LSU does to fix this. Like I don't there's I don't think there's anything that can be done this season. I think LSU is just a bad football team this year, and. Like we we kind of laughed it off in the in the preseason, but this is kind of shaping up to look a whole lot like Auburn did right after the the 2010 national championship when they had Cam. Everything came together perfectly for that dream season last year, and man, it. it, it no, I, I agree like, with that, and I was I I knew that that was dream season. Like I knew that that was not real football. Like I knew that wasn't going to ever happen again, but I didn't foresee this. No. No, me either. This Auburn team is not a good football team. Like, they have not beaten anybody convincingly at all. They, it, In fact, in their three wins prior to this, they have needed a complete blundering of, of the rule book by the officials to even get the wins. And that is what is so, like, disheartening about this for LSU fans, I think, is this team has not been able to dominate anybody. Like, nobody that has the talent that LSU got. And so let me ask you another question. Get off LSU. Is Gus Malzahn going to save his job now? I mean, they're four and two. Like, I know I, that, but that's the problem. If you're a booster or if you're a fan, are you chalking this up to real four and two? Or do you know that's not a real four and two and, and you still have to prove it? Beating the hell out of LSU doesn't save your job. Well, here, here's their problem, right? They're four and two. They've got at Mississippi State in two weeks. Yeah, they're going to win that one. That'll be five and two. They play Tennessee at home. The, they'll the probably that. win that one. So that would be six and two. So then That's, you play, but, you know, you got two top ten teams at the end of the schedule, and if you lose those, then uh, okay. Like, it's a COVID but, year, it's whatever. Therein lies my question is, are they going to really see this as a six and four record? Are the fans going to say, nope, we remember those first four games, and at least two of those, you should be two and two out of those four worst, best-case scenario. Best-case scenario, realistically, could be one and, and three. So we're going to judge you assuming those two are losses. I think I think the boosters that run that, that program are going to look you know at they it. already don't like him anyway. They already have issues with him and are always looking for a reason to fire him anyway. I I think, man, it is tough to get into the head of these guys. Uh, I I think that they would look at it as losses, but I I don't think that would be enough to fire him this season. I think I, he, I think it, I think it buys him call, another year. So so here's the reason why that the buying him another year is so costly, is because 
I, and I know that I'm, I'm the only person I've ever heard say this. And, and so I kind of want to be right on it and I want to be out there. I think Hugh Freeze is the perfect fit. And if you don't fire him this year, you don't get Hugh because Hugh's going to take another job somewhere else. And I don't know that Auburn's a better job than wherever the hell he lands. I mean, I, I think and that's the, that's the problem that you're going to end up with. If you, if you don't pull the trigger. It depends on how much they, they want Hugh freeze. Like if they really decide that they want Hugh freeze. Well, they'd be an idiot to not want him. A agreed. Lot. Agreed. Um, I mean, there's so much that'll that'll go into this. I mean, this will be a week by week thing. We'll just have to keep an eye on it and see what happens. Because, because I, I'm assuming he's going to finish six and four. I'm 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 assuming based on what I have seen, they're finishing six and four. Okay. Yeah, I think you're. But, right. I think you're probably right. But they realistically need to be viewed as as a as as kind of a four and six team. Yeah, I I, I think you're right about that. I mean, you take two yeah. of those wins, and you have to call them losses. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's rapid fire through these other we'll conferences. Rapid fire through everything else. Uh, look, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about Cincinnati, uh, right quick because we haven't gotten to talk about much, and there wasn't much else in the AAC to discuss. Uh, you know, UCF we know got the the big win over Houston. That wasn't even really close, and it did not get close to the over. Uh, but Cincinnati dominates Memphis, sets themselves up. For a potential playoff bid, they've still got some tough teams left, but 49 to 10 over Memphis was a just complete thumping. Like they they do the exact same thing to SMU. These big high scoring offenses just cannot score against Cincinnati. They just can't. Cincinnati's defense is smothering. They are suffocating. You just can't get air to breathe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You are right. So Cincy, uh, they have set themselves up in a good spot. I mean, they I think they'll probably be ranked number six this week, I think. Um, I think they should be. I, th- I think they should be, too. I, I, mean, don't, I don't think everybody. there are seven or eight teams in the country better than them. I'll tell you that right damn now. I I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, moving into the ACC, Virginia Tech gets a 42-35 to win over Louisville. Took 21 points from Louisville in the fourth quarter to make this uh, a ball game. But it, it was just another example of the fact that you can't really trust Louisville. Uh, nope. But you can't really trust Virginia Tech either, so I don't know. Hell no. You know, I don't know what to make of them. Wake Forest gets a 38-14 to win over Syracuse. And uh, we already talked about Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Uh, Duke, or sorry, 53-19 to over Charlotte. I had some guys asking if, if they should play Charlotte Moneyline on that, and I said absolutely not. Uh, it, as, as bad as Duke has been, Charlotte is still uh, several levels below them talent-wise, so absolutely not. And, and ended up being right on that. Uh, Virginia gets a massive win over North Carolina 44 to 41. I told you that uh I told you that this line stank. There was yeah. something weird about this line. Um and it took 14 fourth quarter points by North Carolina to even make it a game. To just to make it a game, man. Yeah, this was crazy. I mean, they, they kind of got their butt whipped in this thing. Yeah, they uh they most certainly did. They got Virginia dominated. Virginia putting up 44 points is just absurd. Like that I North mean, Carolina defense used to be good. Yeah. Like, it, it's I, – I don't know what's happened here. Uh, North Carolina could not run the football on them. 33 carries, 93 yards. That's 2.8 yards per carry uh, with one touchdown. Sam Howell – Yeah, I, I think if you stop North Carolina's run game, they can't score. Well, I, I, I would say there is something to that. Sam Howell had his typical, you know, big-time box score, 23 out of 28 passing, 443 yards with four touchdowns uh, and no picks. Like, that ain't bad. You only had five incompletions on the day. You had four touchdowns. Like, that's pretty good. 
But when your defense can't stop anybody, that's a bit of a problem. Virginia was able to run the football not really at will per se, but they were able to exude their dominance on this, right? But but, but the reason the reason um, they couldn't stop anybody is because you're scoring passing the football, and and no no clock is being eaten off that time, and and your defense is just constantly on the field. Um, as far as the time of possession goes, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Virginia had 35 yards, uh, 35 minutes, 35 time minutes of possession yeah. to 25. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. Total yards, North Carolina had 536, and Virginia only had 418. But, yeah, 443 of those 536 were from passing the football. So, yeah, North Carolina got some problems. They are now 4-2, and two, and uh, and they still got some uh, some pretty tough games coming up. So, they still got Miami and Notre Dame left on the schedule. Uh, that is not what you want to be looking at uh, as, you, as you move on from there. Uh, let's move into the Big 12 Kansas State and West Virginia, boy, was I wrong on this one. And Vegas had had me fooled, and everybody took West Virginia and said, you know what, it doesn't make sense, but we're going to roll with it. Jared Dagey, 22 out of 34, passing 301 yards, two touchdowns. Letty Brown, 24 carries, 102 yards, one touchdown. I mean, West Virginia did whatever they wanted to in the second and third quarters, and Kansas State, like once they get down, there ain't, there ain't no coming back for this team. I, I thought the same thing you did. I thought there's – this line stinks. I don't understand. I don't trust Kansas State. I don't know what's going on. And and I stayed away, and I only stayed away just because I, I trust the Bear, man. He just knows these things better than I do. And damn, if he wasn't dead on. Yeah, he was He was right about that one. Oklahoma, God, he was right. Oklahoma, big win, 62-28 to over Texas Tech. That one wasn't even close. TCU jumped up big, 30-7 to at the half on Baylor, held on for a 33-23 to win. Uh, Iowa State, 52-22 to over Kansas. And, uh, and then, of course, we talked about Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh, let's move into the Big Ten here. Friday night's game, Maryland and Minnesota was a barn burner. Good yep. gracious. Baby Tua, 26 out of 35, 394 yards, three touchdowns. He also ran the football fairly well. He had eight carries for 64 yards with two touchdowns. Um, not too shabby. Not too shabby. And then, they, have you have you seen this kid that's uh, that's the starting running back for Maryland? His name is yeah. I watched I watched all that game, Jake, a lot of it. I didn't watch all of it. I'm sorry. Jake Funk, 21 carries, 216 yards rushing, and one touchdown. Funk, what a what an awesome name. And then <laughs> yeah, it's a great name, especially for a badass running back. You got that right. Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, 41 carries, 207 yards for Minnesota with four touchdowns. He was their only offense in this game. Tanner Morgan, 10 out of 15 passing, 189 yards. You know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, Maryland ends up getting the win, 45 to 44, on a missed PAT in overtime in that game. Uh, we talked about Ohio State and Penn State. We talked about Michigan State and Michigan. Indiana gets a 37 to 21 uh, win over Rutgers. Purdue starts out 2-0 this season without their head coach. Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback, 29 out of 35, 371 yards and two touchdowns. David Bell, I think, could be uh, one of the the top three or four wide receivers in this country. Nine receptions, 122 yards, one touchdown, and he is just a beast. So Purdue beats Illinois 31 to 24. And the game that you and I, I think, were the most interested in all day, Northwestern ends up winning 21-20 to over Iowa. And the only reason that Iowa scored 20 points is because of damn turnovers. I was so mad at the beginning of this ball game. <laughs> oh, no, it looked, like, it looked like we were dead in the water, and I had three bets on this game, and I was going to lose them all. I was so pissed off. And, well, and I was instead, at least going to lose two of them. 
So, so did you have maybe the team? Maybe the total under for the game I thought was still intact if North Northwestern couldn't find a way to start scoring. But, but they, I mean, they scored in the second quarter and the third quarter, and then they hold on for dear life. Um, this was exactly what we thought it would be. I mean, one of those games that's in the lower forties or the upper thirties. You know, one of those. And we, I mean, just looking at team stats, right? Two hundred ninety-three total yards for Iowa, two seventy-three for Northwestern. Uh, this was just, you know, just ridiculous. Like it was a ridiculous ball game, but Northwestern knows how to win those kind of games. And it's exactly why we both bet Northwestern in that spot. Uh, moving on, let's see. Is there anything that we should discuss as far as the Sun Belt or CUSA? I mean, UAB took a loss last night. I was kind of surprised by that. Well, so, so that game had me. Double overtime and worried because early on it was. I mean, I'm I I think Louisiana Tech was up like twenty something to nothing at one point. Uh, they were up. I think is it seventeen to nothing? It, it was at least seventeen. It was at least seventeen, and I thought it was bigger than that. And I was like, "Holy crap, man! UAB is just getting trounced. What is going on?" And then I checked back, and it's a tie ball game. I was like, "All right." Here oh, here we, we go. go. It was it was only ten to nothing. It was ten to nothing. Louisiana Tech. It ended up being fourteen to ten UAB, then seventeen to fourteen uh, Louisiana Tech, and then uh, it was thirty-one to seventeen UAB. Louisiana Tech scores all of the fourth quarter points to send this thing to overtime, and it goes to double overtime. And Louisiana Tech ends up hitting a field goal. Yeah, it's just a just a problem. Like I, I, I cannot believe. Like Louisiana Tech, there is no world that they should be four and three. Like nope. <laughs> it's just insane. But that also puts UAB at four and three. And correct, you know. It is what it is. So, Conference USA, a little screwy right now. Florida Atlantic got a big win, uh, 24-3 over UTSA. Rice beat up on Southern Miss. There was no... So, we we think this is uh, one of those situations where, because we talked about it um, at the end of our closing line segment, that uh, UAB, I mean, uh, Southern Miss is just going to be a team that you can just bet against for a while, right? Yes. I, you I just really fade so. them, and you're, gonna, you're probably going to do okay third coach in the year they're, they're just going to struggle being good yes yes i think so i mean i, I just think it's a i, I think it's, it's going to be really hard for 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 the books to make a number that people will be willing to take southern on and and that they can cover so i yes. just think that you're just gonna they're gonna lose money yeah I, I i think you're right about that um let's close out with this game coastal carolina and georgia state 51 to nothing could not have been more wrong about this. I look, I had the over in this game. And part of my thinking was even if somebody gets blown out, it is still going to go over the 61 and a half, right? Because Georgia State was averaging 42 points a game in their first four games. They had not scored less than 31 in any of their games. And that was against Louisiana, who has a pretty damn good defense. And Coastal shut them down like completely shut them down and i i'm just i'm still perplexed at this like i i feel like i was on the right side georgia state has been running the football on everybody they had 28 carries for 76 yards only 2.7 yards per carry here and passing the football uh georgia state was 6 out of 12 for 30 yards two and a half yards a pass like bad <laughs> I mean, bad like, and this was not because of turnovers or anything like nope. that. Like, this was, you know, Georgia State had one interception. That's it. 
Like, this was not, it, this was, Coastal did whatever they wanted to the entire ball game. Is Coastal that good? I didn't think so before, but maybe so. Like, I mean, it's just, it is mind-boggling to see how we could have been this wrong on this team. This is who Coastal has left, okay? South Alabama, at Troy, uh, home against App State, at Texas State, and then Liberty. That App State game is going to be amazing. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And then Liberty. And then Liberty at the end. They got two games that should be on national TV. Yeah, and I think, I mean, they will be. They absolutely will be. I don't um, know, man. You sure? Pac-12's coming back. The Big Ten's back. I, th- I think I think a lot of these big-name teams are going to catch a lot of TV time, and and it's going to bump some of these smaller teams that we've been watching all year. But but we're going to be robbed if 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 they bump bump that team for those two games. Well, App has got Texas State and Georgia State coming up. So mm-hmm. App will be 6-1 and one heading into that game against one. Coastal Carolina. And yeah. Coastal will be uh, at least 7-0. and oh, and yep, or six uh, and let's see. I mean, they're six. And, no, they'll be Liberty? they'll be eight. No, eight. No, before App gets there, and App will be uh, uh, six and one. So six and one against eight. No, like it, they they will be on TV somewhere. Like I, I mean, okay. this Coastal game was on ESPNU. I would hope that they will find a better channel for it. That's but. that's what I want. I want them to get a a good slot, a, a prime time slot. I think uh, I think it'll happen. I wouldn't even be upset if they moved it to a Friday game, so it can it can kind of stand alone. That would be nice. That would be nice. Coastal is is a lot of fun. They're a, a lot, lot of fun of to fun. watch. That's why I want I want I want to be able to to not just for me to watch them, but but for the the country to see this team. Their uh, their head coach Jamie Chadwell. You know, I've, I've talked a lot about him and how fun yep, his offense yep. is. All that yep. he has promised his kids. Now, you, there are nine guys on this team that have mullets, right? He has promised his kids that if they win the Sun Belt this year, he is growing a mullet. Oh, they just have to win the Sun Belt. I mean, they yeah. just need to beat App State. Yeah, well, and then win the, the conference championship game. And then win the championship game. Yeah, that's right. But uh, who do you think they, they're playing in the championship game? Louisiana? Well, I mean, they, they already beat Louisiana. So. Well, I know that, but they still have to play somebody in the championship game, Gary. Yeah, probably probably Louisiana. And, and they've already shown they can I know beat. They've already beat them. But. I mean, they they won at Louisiana. So I know, like, I, I'm not saying they can't do it. No, no, I'm no. That's that's what I'm saying. To, is, so they're gonna have to play two more good conference games to do that. Yeah, and the and the Liberty game doesn't count against them for that. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. The Liberty game doesn't even count against them. How much fun is that going to be? Jamie oh, Chadwell awesome. with a mullet. <laughs> going to be awesome. Hey, and that, does he turn into uh, like if he beats App like before they even get to the Liberty game? Does he become the coach that that everybody wants to go get? I, well, he's definitely going to be on people's list. No, there's no doubt about that. You, I think you got that right. I think you got that right. All right. No, I definitely think he's made. He's 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 cashing his fortune cookie. You have got that right, man. That kid, Grayson McCall, the the quarterback, it's something else. I mean, eighteen out of twenty four passing, two hundred fifty four yards, four touchdowns. He was just remarkable. Was he a transfer? No, no. He's um. Let me look him up. He so is nobody a, else uh, recruited him then. No, nobody recruited. Him. He was a true freshman. Good job. Good job. This is why recruiting rankings are just complete bullshit. Yep. Or it could just, I mean, it could have something to do with coaching. Well, I'm sure it has a lot to do with coaching, (laughs) but at some point in time, I think this kid's a, this kid's a pretty quality quarterback that, that could probably be doing pretty good in anybody's offense. He's uh he's sixth in the country in QBR at 89.0. That's good. 15 touchdowns, only one interception. 
1,184 yards passing, and that does not include the game that he missed last week with an injury. So Yeah, I was about to say, he's already missed a game, too. Oh, yeah. So so stats are going to be down. You've got that right. Not percentage stats won't, but, but that, yards and touchdowns will. The kid is absolutely legit. He is legit. This, this, is, this is why you can take all your recruiting rankings, ball them up, and a tight little wad, and shove them up your ass. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap up today's show. All right, let's get out of here. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed. Of course, you can catch the live show Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We do podcast exclusives on Sunday and Thursday talking about college football. You can also find the majority of our college football content over at sportsbookreview.com. SBRpicks.com slash NCAAF is that website. And make sure you are subscribed to their YouTube page. We do a Monday opening line show. We do a Tuesday uh, deep dive show and give our official picks on that one. That's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, we do our closing line show. So, uh, with that said, again, subscribe everywhere you need to be subscribed. And if you would so kindly, leave us a nice five-star review over on Apple Podcasts that helps get us out to uh, even more people. And uh, and that's what we want to do. We want to be able to just do this all the time rather than, than work half the time. So That's right. <laughs> you got that right. We don't want real jobs, folks. You got that right. We just want to be able to talk football. We want to have ourselves a good time. All right, you guys have been fantastic. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. We will see you again on Monday. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.